Good morning. It's good to have folks back. And I think we've got some visitors here with us today from ESEP. We're delighted you're here. I know that your children are going to make all kinds of noise and do all sorts of things, and that makes me so happy. Uh, do ask that the adults behave themselves. If I could tell one story about Jesus, only one, today's might be the one. Might be the one. I don't want to fully commit, but it might be it. There is just something about this story that has always stuck with me. Now, this pulpit is a bit confining with someone uh, who has a large personality. So if I were standing right there in front of those steps, what I would do right now is invite you to imagine a bent-over woman. See, I'm going to do it, but you won't be able to see me. But imagine a woman coming up the center aisle, bent over. Do you see her? I can see her. very midst. He's always been here. But sometimes I forget that she is here. Bent over for 18 long years by some mysterious crippling ailment that no one seems to be able to cure. Jesus sees her. Jesus does more than see her. He invites her to come close. He lays his hands on her and heals her. It feels a bit like a trick, like it's not real, that it couldn't be possible. And yet she stands straight up and begins praising God with her whole body everyone to see. Now I must confess that I identify a little too closely with the leader of the synagogue. I feel a bit of his stress and distress and annoyance that this preacher has come into his synagogue and healed this woman. Could have been any other day that that happened. Why does it need to happen today, on the Sabbath? I understand that he is just doing his duty. He's protecting the law, the Sabbath day, the very duty he's been given in his life with the Torah, his commitment to the Torah. I feel his indignance at being made an example of by Jesus. Neighbors and friends and visitors all gathered together, lots of children present, gathered to pray and to learn. And of course, in that crowd, not everyone is going to like what Jesus is doing. But what draws my attention is the word shame. What's that about? Is it possible that they recognize their own oppressive and hypocritical ways, that Jesus has just laid them out to be seen? 
Are they rejoicing with this woman, eager to celebrate her healing? Or is something inside of them resisting what Jesus is doing in their midst? It turns out there's a lot that happens in a crowd of people. Now, one more thing. We don't read my favorite part of this story. It comes in the next sentence. Jesus says, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, To what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. I love these sayings of Jesus. They compel us to imagine the expansiveness of God's kingdom, what God's grace and mercy can do in our midst. Now, these sayings are well-known images of Jesus, my grandmother wore a little mustard seed in a pendant around her neck. And when anybody would ask her about it, she would say, Oh, that seed reminds me that a little faith goes a long way. And the way these sayings are used here in Luke's gospel gives us something else to consider about our faith. When we put our trust, even just a small amount, in God's activity in our lives and in the world, we are transformed. These things invite us to imagine that all that God is doing already in us, in our lives, and for all of creation. And so as I listen to Jesus' wisdom in these sayings, I see the bent-over woman not forget about her. She's still here with us. I see her differently. She becomes, for me, the mustard seed or that small amount of yeast. She may not house the birds of the air or feed many, but as she rises, as she sleeps, the kingdom of God is revealed in her. Her body reveals the full glory and grace of God. Consider for a moment bodies. There are so many among us, each one different in its own way. There are some that we call differently abled although this still puts their body against mine as if mine is the standard. But let's attend for a moment to the reality that all bodies are different from one another. And yet our customs and our traditions assume that we are more alike than we are different. And these assumptions inhibit everyone's full participation. I'm almost done with the uncomfortable part. Give me one more minute. 
because there's more. Our cathedral campus is sadly an example of assumptions that we make about bodies. The sheer number of stairs that many of you, if not all of you, climbed as you entered this morning, our primary entrance make us inhospitable, and that is a hard reality. And maybe, maybe, if Jesus were right here in our midst today, it could be so easily fixed. But Jesus isn't magic, and building ramps and installing elevators takes time, money, and patience. And yet, by avoiding the truth, we miss accepting the bent-over woman as she is, waiting for a miracle when she was stoned, stalling to take care of her until another day, a better day. And we miss an opportunity to witness God's work in our midst. Just this morning, I had a conversation with someone before church had even started. And the theme was, change is hard, even good change. And change is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus shows us how to be free from the limitations we make for ourselves and one another. Jesus helps us become more and more the body that God made us to be, revealing the kingdom of God, Christ's body, right here in our midst. And so, yes, I wonder about that bent-over woman and how her life was changed that day. And I wonder about her community and how they were changed. And I wonder about us, each one of us, and what ails us in our lives. And I wonder about our community and how Christ is working in us. And I've thought a lot about this synagogue leader and all of his indignation and all of Jesus' opponents. And I wonder why. Why is it so hard to celebrate our healing? Are we really so caught up in rules or about the Sabbath or expectations or duties and obligations that we cannot see God's work right here in our midst? Whatever is happening, Praise God, to rejoice at every healing, to be changed and transformed. Consider the mustard seed or a small grain of yeast. I don't have a clue how they work, how they do their thing. And I'm sure that there's at least one scientist and one gardener right here in the room who would be happy to teach me about how all that works. But the point is not the why or the how. The point is that they do. The seed breaks open. It transforms and grows until it's made fully made to bear fruit. And as it becomes a tree, all of creation 
rejoices. I keep a lot of sayings close to me, and I don't have a great memory for them. Hence, I like to read them a lot, to try to embed them into myself. At some point in my life, I wrote this down. In 1534, 1534, St. Ignatius wrote, There are few people who realize what God would make of them if they abandoned themselves into God's hands and let themselves be formed by God's grace. There are few people who realize what God would make of them if they abandoned themselves into God's hands and let themselves be formed by God's grace. is an invitation to trust God, to come close to God's ways and be converted by them. Each one of us has the capacity to come so close to God. It only takes a deep breath. Jesus' lead, we find ourselves in the presence of God, being transformed and changed. Our only obligation is to show up, to be available. God will do all that God is doing in us, in our community, inviting us and forming us as active participants in God's redeeming work in creation. us the whole way. It is enough. It is enough to be a seed or a grain of yeast, and God will make a tree from that seed and bread from that yeast. God's grace and mercy will infuse our lives, and the kingdom of God will be very close to us. May we have the courage and strength to show up follow Christ's way, to become full participants, abandoning ourselves in God's mercy and activity in our lives and for the world.